Hello and welcome everyone to episode 44 of the VGC Trainer School podcast, where we focus on the competitive side of Pokemon. Whether you are a ladder scholar or newcomer to VGC, we will help you learn. Class is in session. I'm Jake, and I'm joined today by two international co-hosts, because we are representing three countries on this episode, which is pretty cool for me. Uh, so first, we have Tim. Welcome back, Mr. Lab Mouse himself. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. What have you been up to? Uh, I would say not a whole lot, but actually quite a lot. I got uh, married a couple weeks ago, which has been significant, as well as been working heavily on the Lab Mouse website, which is in the alpha state and almost ready for public release. That's extremely exciting, and because that's something that you've been working on for a very, very long time. So, how does it feel to finally get to that point where you're almost like for the for the, for the official release now? It feels incredible. The as much as I enjoyed using or having the Discord bots, the original idea from like from years ago was to have a website, and I scaled it back to a Discord bot just for ease of use and what I was currently capable of at the time. And so being able to reach the limits of what a Discord bot could provide and actually finally migrate to a website has been just a game changer. That's awesome. Well, I know that I speak for everyone when I say we are both extremely grateful for what you've been able to put together thus far and very excited to see what it all looks like. So that's uh, very cool. And second, but certainly not least, Jack, welcome back. Good morning. How are you doing? <laughs> Good morning to you too. Uh, <laughs> no, it's like nine o'clock at night for you, isn't it? Or yeah. Well, know. yeah, but so you're it's like what, like eight thirty a.m. for you, like seven thirty somewhere. Oh no. It's like 11.30 now. Time oh, zones no have okay. switched and everything's weird, but yeah. Nice. Um, I'm doing well. I've been very, very busy with university and work and general life, hence why I haven't been on for a bit, but been playing Pokemon in the meantime and been doing pretty well and happy with my progress in Reg E. So only just over a month until Brisbane Regional. So that's kind of what I'm preparing for now. Cool. And when is uh, when is Brisbane? The 25th and 26th of November, I believe. Okay, cool. So that is just over a month away. That's and because that that's like one of the few regionals that you guys have this this season, correct? Because since they didn't, they stopped the Oceana International. Yes. So we have three this year. I will definitely be going to Brisbane and Melbourne. So Melbourne's in February. And then there's another one in Perth, which is sometime in April next year. But I don't know, because that's about a four hour plane trip and it's very expensive. So we'll see. Gotcha. Cool. Well, uh, that'll be very exciting to hear about that as it gets closer. For me, I got back into draft league, so that's been fun. It's been something I haven't done, like a solo draft league in like five months, I think, which was a very long hiatus for me. Uh, Jack is in this league with us. We have uh, 32 teams, two different divisions, 16 teams in each division. So it's uh, pretty pretty massive, quite the undertaking for the people that are running it. Used to be me, but uh, Swamp and I would, would handle it, but I am not doing that anymore. Taking a little step back. So that's been fun. I actually face uh, Sempra this week, a.k.a. Abdullah. So I have never faced him in a 1v1 in anything, like ever, whether it was like in a tournament or in draft league or something like that. Him and I were in the same draft league that he hosted several, maybe like a year or so ago, and we ended up not facing each other in the regular season or the the postseason. So I'm curious to see how this is going to go. Hopefully I'm able to pull it out, but... His team is scary, though. It is. It's uh, it's like very hard trick room, but you know you have like Sylveon, Glamora, Gambit, and Amoongus on the same team. It's like I know what it's going to do, but it's still very scary when it does it well. What's been your favorite hot pick on your team? So I'm running a Mousehold, Roaring Moon, Milotic type of team. So it's like a lot of setup and stuff in my in my game this week of the 
eight kills that I had to get because of, you know, we do a best of three. I was able to win both of them. And my Lodic had five of the eight kills because I ran a <laughs> coil hydro pump blizzard set. And uh, I got the turn one correct, like the turn zero, I guess, because my opponent had Landorus and Ogre Pond. So, of course, they're going to lead Intimidate into my obvious follow me Dragon Dance. So I was just like, I'm just going to lead competitive and getting the start with a plus two to my my Lodic. It never went down. So that was that was fun. My Lodic was was very fun to play with because you get one coil up and. Hydro Pump is 100% accurate, and Blizzard increases to 93% to both slots. So that's uh, pretty nice. That's like all, that was all I needed. So that was cool. Yeah, that sounds yeah. incredible. Everyone in my league it does not want to play me. Uh, <laughs> well, I can't a- imagine why. <laughs> I couldn't imagine why. <laughs> But you know what? I'm going to blame the tiering system and also for the fact that no one else saw this before I did, but they put Muck, Alola, and Scovillain both in B tier, so I just picked them both at the same time, because I had like, first pick, so when it came back around maybe the third time, I picked both of them, um, and all of a sudden everyone was now suddenly drafting Hazemons and Clear Smogmons, and then I saved my last two picks for Goth Eater and Screamtail, so then my Irish other mode is Perish Song, so they basically have to pick each game, and I'm like, uh, sorry, yeah, it's my bad. Oh, that's evil. Yeah, I also have Chen and it's just very good. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, that should be a that should be quite the quite the fun run because when Moody goes off and then you get Power of Alchemy, it can just really snowball on you. If if you get two minimizers up, it's like or they're not having a good time. Right, right. Well, cool. And so also, you know, the, this draft league is going to run for seven weeks of the regular season. And then we have like three of the uh, postseason. So if you are in the Discord server and you're interested, we always talk about this, but maybe that's something to keep an eye out for. You know, come uh, if you're interested in checking it out, you know, certainly be certainly reach out. You can like come and be a spectator, I guess, or just, uh, you know, be around if we're looking for some replacements in a few months. So it was very fun. But we're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about actual official events in VGC. So let's get into the agenda for what we have going on today. We, of course, do have some news that we got to get into, but then we are going to jump full force into the Sacramento Regional and do a review on that, utilizing some of that delicious lab mouse data. Uh, we also do have the polka paste from the champion Michael Zhang, which is very cool. I love when people reveal the full set with the EVs and everything, as opposed to just looking at the open team sheet. Part of me feels like because of just how surprising his team was, it makes sense why he'd be open to sharing with it because he probably won't use it again. But we'll see. But first. Let's get into the news. So, Tim, can you please take this first one? Absolutely. So, in the event that you don't have a Mimikyu, you can now get one at GameStop until October 29th. You'll get a code for this Pokemon as part of the spooky time of the year. So, be sure to pick that up at your local Funko Pop distributor. Given that we have two international people on this podcast, I am not sure if that is America exclusive, but I think those typically are. I think so, yeah, because I think, I don't think, do you guys have GameStop in Canada? No. Nope. Because I think it's like EB Games still, right? Um, thing? No, it's, I think it's, I think EB Games, oh, I don't know. <laughs> That's us. That's our main one. Oh, you, okay, because we used to have EB Games, but they were bought up in the I, United States. I, I believe EB Games also got bought up in Canada, and we have... GameStop now, but I think that the distribution is a little bit different in, in Canada. It's very yeah. hand wavy. Gotcha. Yeah, you guys might have to get me a code. The last time they did something like this was like the Chinese Ashen and Zamazenta one, and oh, I basically yeah. had to Google and I could get an online code because this was like during COVID or something. Mm-hmm. I could get an online code from like an Irish GameStop, and so I did that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This next one, though, is an event that I always look forward to. Please talk about this a little bit further, Jack. 
Uh, so yeah, the return of the best raid event ever uh, has been announced for Scarlet and Violet. Um, it'll be the Blissey raids are returning from October 20th through to the 22nd. Um, the raids will feature increased terror shards and XP candies. I I do love these. I don't think I got to take advantage of them the last time they were released after the DLC had dropped, but I am very looking very much looking forward to getting to like 600 for all my shards because of the Terra charm plus the increased Terra shard yeah. uh rewards for these. Yeah, the the Terra like the glimmering charm is like the main thing. Um, and last but certainly not least, we have a European regional coming up this weekend. So this is the back-to-back-to-back one for now over in Europe. It's going to be taking place in Lille in France. Some members of the Discord are going to be attending, so good luck to all of them. Friend of the show, Swamp, is going to be going over and competing as a Masters. So good luck to you, Swamp, and uh, I know you'll do very well. And then not and then after Lille, the last weekend of October, I believe there's another one happening. Um, which is Toronto, which I am attending. Nice. Nice. Are you excited for that one? I'm looking forward to it. I'm not actually competing because I just have had zero time to actually play in Regulation E, but going as a spectator and just going to enjoy my time there. Oh, that's that's so cool. That's that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be very nice. I reckon, I think I know if you're not going to compete, I think I will send you a team that I think would be very fun to use that like could seriously surprise people. But yeah. Oh yeah. You can like, if you wanted to, you could try like the, the PC, like the players, um, like one of those like little, you know, the side events or something like that, or even just being able to go and just like enjoy it. Cause sometimes they'll have like game cubes and Nintendo 64 setups. You can play like Pokemon stadium and stuff. It'd be fun. Yeah, I'm going to check out everything they have to offer there. Nice. Cool. All righty. Well, that is the news. So let's get into Sacramento and the events from there. So the way that we're going to do this, I'm thinking it probably be ideal. I think we've done, been doing it in the past. is fun. We talk more in depth about the top two teams, and then we look at the data as a whole to say like okay you know looking at day one day two usage some of the um some of the top teams what were pokemon that we were seeing there and then even since we do have both sacramento and peoria regional data that we can look at we can compare and contrast some of the changes that we saw such as like in peoria i think what was it day one saw or like king gambit was a little bit more around in day one of of pay of of Peoria, and then popped up a lot more in Sacramento or you know something like that. Oh yeah, that's what it was. It was day two I had twenty six percent of King Gambit, and then it jumped to fourteen percent in day one and nineteen percent in day two of Sacramento. So it's like those little shifts I like to see. Okay, so like I said, Michael Zhang. Not only won, so massive congratulations to him, but he also unveiled the team itself. So pulled it into Showdown just so that I, for myself, can look at the numbers and how everything looks because that makes a little bit more sense to me as opposed to just the EVs themselves. Some of the stuff that that was in here that I found very significant or very interesting is like basically max speed Tyranitar. It's 244 EVs with an, with a max attack, full adamant nature. So it hits 112 speed, which is kind of cool. And then just a little bit of bulk here and there, like 4, 4, and 4 in HP and the defenses. Max attack, 252 adamant on Rillaboom with the Miracle Seed to just hit as hard as possible with both Wood Hammer and Crassy Glide. Fluttermane with a timid nature, 132 EV, so it hits 189 speed and 185 special attack. So if we're ever to be in the sun, it's going to be faster. Max speed, Jolly, Arcanine, from uh, Hisuian Arcanine, with basically max HP. So it's just as fast as it can be and as bulky as it can be. And then max speed, max special attack, Iron Bundle. I think the Arcanine and the Tyranitar sets kind of surprised me the most because I'm just not used to seeing that little 
attack into Hisui and Arcanine, but maybe I just haven't been using it as much. But it's more of a supporter set, right? Because they're like Howl and Will-O-Wisp as opposed to, you know, E-Speed or something. What uh, stands out to you guys for this team? I think the, as you said, the Arcanine is a very interesting build. It is definitely more support oriented than the typical uh, Hisuian Arcanine that we've been seeing, who usually run choice bands. But the interesting thing here is that it's running, as you said, Flare Blitz, Rock Slide, Will O Wisp, Howl, and it's uh, with Citrus Berry, is very supporty. And I, I'm just curious as to uh, you're running. Hisuian Arcanine, which is Fire Rock. And so for a more supportive set, pretty much the only benefit you're getting is the Rock Slide. And I'm just curious if that's worth it for the two four times weaknesses instead of just running normal uh, Cantonian uh, Arcanine. Yeah, I'm curious because it's like 90 speed that Arcanine sits at is nice. You can just run max speed. So if anything like Chi Yu isn't max speed. You're able to potentially get it first, although you know you got to dodge like an icy wind or something like that because it's going to be sitting next to Fluttermane. But I think just like the chance of flinch is nice and the spread damage is nice. And then you get all you need is one howl and you also get the benefit to it. And then you jump up to like 200 attack basically. So that rock slide's really hitting hard. But the water terror type does fix that a bit. So you're not going down to that. Aqua Jet, although we did see it get dropped to Aqua uh, Choice Band Aqua Jet or AV Aqua Jet or whatever it was on Dragonite um, in the a couple of times on stream. I don't know if it was this one necessarily, but that is certainly a very, very big concern that just even like a low base power will just wipe it. Yeah, um, I think like obviously having the rock typing with Tyranitar is good for special defense boost. Right. And Max Speed Jolly is also two points faster than Modest um chiyu so that's probably significant there but other than that playing this team a bunch on ladder now that it's been published uh yeah. it's just having that speed it will basically just guarantee that anything that is adamant and wants to be physical will not outspeed arcanine you know other than like choice cup lando and so getting a will-o-wisp up is really really easy for it that's definitely some good arguments for it and see, that's the thing, right? Is it's like you have like Chen Pao, you have Landorus, and then you have a bunch of slower physical attackers, you know? So like you can get a lot of a lot of support out of that Will-O-Wisp to really help your like your Tyranitar that's not running very much, you know, like it's not running any bulk at all. So you can actually get some some good usage out of that and just like just general chip over and over again which is cool and also too as we as we've seen from like james beck and you know in situations in the past if you're ever sitting in front of an amungus or something that is going to be using yawn you know like gastrodon which popped up a little bit the side will-o-wisp into something like fluttermane or iron bundle to avoid the sleep can also be very beneficial in those situations when you're just trying to you know avoid that that sleep turn so one one other interesting thing on this team uh because i'm sure everyone it wants to hear about the kamo'o which really dominated throughout this tournament but i would like to point out that out of the 409 teams there were only 10 kamo'o but the Mm -hmm. the more shocking thing uh, is that of those 10 Kamo'o, three of them cut day two, and the three that got day two all were running the body press iron defense sets. They were all running the exact same build, and the other seven that didn't make the cut, they placed like 200th or lower. Yeah, I'll talk about this because I've been using Como uh, yeah. a lot, and it's interesting because... Basically, how I got started using it was I was like, okay, the meta is really physical. I want to use Iron Defense Body Press. I've used Hisuian Gudra in the past. I'll start doing that. So I started laddering with that. And then I ran into a guy using Komoo and he kind of just said, why aren't you using Komo? Like in the chat, like it's so much better. And so I went, okay, switched it and then immediately did really well. And basically, the reason is it's 
got stab body press off of base 125 defense. It's naturally very bulky and being able to tear it away from its type is the best thing that could happen for this Pokemon. So mm-hmm. it's really well suited into a physical meta, mainly because, yes, it can iron defense body press, but into all the mons that like to critical hit a bunch, even if it does crit, it's not doing that much. Like an Urshifu will do like 8% per surging strike, you know, and it's just really significant. So having something that can resist all of the mons that crit it naturally is very good. And mm-hmm. then just being able to Terra and kill Fluttermane and also wall it because of its ability bulletproof. Like there's so many things that it does well at the moment. And I just think that it's a very niche pick and you need to build around it. But if you get the right team for it, it can win like 80% of your games. Of those three teams that made day two, Donald's, Donald Smith that plays 17th, he had the exact same team. Oh, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, and I, we saw works, him on stream. Yeah. yeah, we saw him on stream and he used the Terra Psychic Tyranitar, which was not something I expected on my bingo card. That is, that's the other thing that I definitely wanted to talk about about this team, but r- real quick about, about the Como. So it's the way that it's uh, it's set, it's 252 in HP, 4 in attack, and 4 speed, which I guess are just like probably just dumps, right? Or they're just like just like some extra. But then it's 156 with a positive uh, impish nature in defense, and then 92 in special defense. So this is really banking on getting that body press as the main form of damage, and then utilizing the, steer- the steel type, Terra, for the Iron Head, which is cool. So running such minimal speed like that at 106, do you find that that is, you can still, you're still okay with like going second in in a lot of those situations, Jack? Like, I don't want to necessarily ask you to unveil your your full spread, but do you run like minimal speed as well? The thing is, it's hard to run too much speed, um, it, I'm definitely not that low, mm-hmm. uh, but I think one of the main things is you want to try and outspeed some Rillaboom sets, all the Iron Hands, which normally you do anyway, but being that slow is generally okay. The thing is you need good speed control because something like Terra Flying, Terra Blast, Landorus can really damage Como before it, you know, is able to get up an Iron Defense. Mm-hmm. So it's really a positioning mon. You kind of need it in the back and you essentially have to switch it in when it's safe. Like there's so many positions where, especially like the Rillaboom Ogapon teams, you know, you've got Rillaboom, a grass type that normally doesn't carry any coverage and you've got, Ogapon, who you know fire water grass like it can switch in take 30 percent here with leftovers grassy terrain and then it's really safe to just get off an iron defense so it's all about when to switch it in or mm-hmm. when it's safe and you can lead it sometimes but normally it's sitting in the back so right. yeah it's yeah you don't want to just lead it because the speed it won't be able to do what you want it to do and I think that makes sense. That's kind of like, because um, we were kind of talking about this on in, in one of our Discord channels. It's just like very similar in a way to Hisuian Gudra, but I feel like it just does all of that better because, yeah, it's Iron Defense Body Press, but it's it's Stab Body Press, but it also fully resists fire as opposed to just being neutral to it. And you're, I mean, sure, you're, you really do rely on that Steel Terra, but... I don't know. It's just like it's faster. So it's able to get things. You don't need to run as much speed if you don't want to. But yeah, I think it's just it was a really good call for the for the tournament for sure. The the main thing for me is that it um the damage is just so good. Like I found out this was a while ago, but when I first started using it, I found out that you can beat a Hisuian Gudra who's Terrid Steel, uh, sorry, Terra Fairy 
And if you're both plus six and you terra fairy and you just like body press back and forth, uh, you will win, even though it's resisted, because Hisuian Gudras doesn't do as much damage to you. Wow. So yeah, it's that's, it's really, really strong. That's cool. All right. The other one that we wanted to talk about, though, of course, that Tyranitar. So uh, very, very, very fast Tyranitar, max attack adamant, and then 244 speed EVs at 112. So it is actually even sitting faster than the Como is, which is pretty surprising. Knockoff Rock Slide, Low Kick, and Terra Blast with that Terra Psychic. That Psychic, of course, for the likes of Iron Hands, Amoongus, and even Como, you know, the the psychic terror blast we've seen that before because it was it was i think i've seen it on like back in like regulation b as a way or regulation yeah i think it was b as a way to benefit from like the psychic drain in like versus psi spam because tyrant has always been very good about again psi spam and that kind of popped up a little bit so it's kind of cool to see tyrant come back but the the terror psychic type is just like it's a really good call. And then get it, it getting knockoff. So you don't have to necessarily have to rely on crunch is really, really great. It's just like additional support and added benefit. And because of the fact that you have iron bundle, you can pair it with, you are probably going to be going faster than a lot of these mons when they get their speed drop down to you know, below 112. Everyone, of course, is going to, is you know, loving the the TTAR on this team saying like, oh, it's maybe, is it back finally or something like that? But I don't know. I think it was just is very cool to see. What do you guys think? Do you think this is like a, a flash in the pan, or do you think T-Tower actually may have some amount of staying power? Uh, I think that if you were to argue that Kamo'o is difficult to build around, Tyranitar is even more so. I think he did a fantastic job with this team, but uh, I said that Kamo'o is rare. There's only 10 appearances. There's only 6 Tyranitar, and it is definitely one that is uh, you cannot just slap it onto a team like uh, Fluttermane or Iron Hands or Landorus. It is incredibly hard to use, and he did a fantastic job with it. Yeah, um, I think that Tyranitar is... It's a very cool Pokemon, but I think it is very much a flash for this team. I will note, however, that I think it's a cool innovation because something I found building around Kamoa was that you definitely need a dark type on the team because if you have something that has ghost terror more so than just normal ghost types, it becomes really difficult to deal with them. And so having a natural dark type is basically mandatory if you want to build around body press. Yeah. And that's uh and that's something that Tyranitar certainly add, you know, has that added benefit as as well as had been mentioned already, adding that uh special events boost for Arcanine. And especially like also to seeing this set, I think is really cool. Just like the the max attack, max speed. Cause yeah, it is it's super bulky. Like so is it rather super frail. So it's like you don't necessarily expect that from from a Tyranitar because it's usually gonna run that like super bulky nature. But with the assault vest in sand, I mean it does get up to what that almost becomes like a hundred percent boost to it, so it 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 adds to it pretty quickly. So it's up around like you know two hundred or so. So it's it's still pretty good. Like it, it's definitely going to tank some pretty special hits. So very uh very cool to see on that. But again, Michael Zhang taking it home with a very fun team. Massive congratulations to them. They beat in the finals none other than Riley Bactura, who has been on an absolute tear in 2024. So we will look now at their team to see how that went. They brought King Gambit, Amoongus, Rapid Strike, Urshifu, Dragonite, Chen Pao, and Hearthflame, Ogre Pond. Some of the interesting things that they brought on here. First off, is Dread Plate King Gambit as opposed to Black Glasses. It's the same exact thing. I just like the fact that it's Dread Plate. I think that's like it's just, cooler. It's it's <laughs> way cooler for sure. No protect on Amoongus, which is neat. Uh, running Grass Knot and Pollen Puff as opposed to like Clear Smog or something like that. 
Choice Scarf on the Urshifu. Assault Vest on the Dragonite is something that really stuck out because, you know, we've been seeing Choice Band uh, Pound Knight for so long, but switching up to the Assault Vest with the Inner Focus does give you some bulk with the AV and allows you to switch things up. Running Extreme Speed, Aerial Ace, Stomping Tantrum, and Thunder Punch. So it was just all teched out for all of the popular Terras with, you know, grass or water, what have you. And then also just getting your Terra type for normal for your boost extreme speed or your aerial ace for stab as well. And then fairly standard fire ogre pond set, just having follow me on there as opposed to like sword stance or I don't know, focus energy or something like that. But I like the same lot of ways you can go with it, which I think is very beneficial to to Riley being able to go through and perform so well because it's like you're never you're not locked into anything. There's a sure there's a choice scarf on Urshifu Rapid Strike, but it's like if you're in the choice lock one Pokemon in the meta that's not Fluttermane, it might as well be Rapid Strike Urshifu giving it things like U-turn and like of course it's just going to use Surging Strikes anyways. The poison terror type is interesting on there, but those uh that's what I'm looking at. What about you, Jack? What uh what do you notice from this team from Riley? Um, I think like it looks offensive at a first glance, but the terror types and everything kind of lead it to more defensive team. And by watching his sets, it was kind of like he demanded that Pokemon on the other side switched out. And he was really good at punishing that. So, like, you know, the Thunder Punch into a Landorus slot, you know, that he just called and it paralyzed a Fluttermane one turn. And that was massive. But, you know, I think looking at this team myself, I would feel like I would suck at using it because it just, like, it's really position-based and you're just kind of hoping that, well, not hoping, but, like, you need to force them into the right position. So you basically need to know what your opponent's going to do. And I think Riley is a player that can do that. But myself, I don't know how well I'd be at using this. Because, <laughs> yeah, you're right. There is, like, there's a lot of defensive terror types on here, like, you know, Dragon on King Gambit, he's not Urshifu. So you got a lot, a lot of positioning because there's not much speed control on here at all. So it's like you gotta, you gotta be very careful with your predicts, your reads, and, and everything. Um, what about you, Tim? Not really a whole lot, as you guys said. It's uh, at least the Pokemon choices are fairly uh, traditional, and it is. It's really how they're built that makes the team different with the Assault Fest on Dragonite. We are really seeing an uptick in uh, Dragon Terra type as we see in the King Gambit here, which is, it's, uh, it's seen the surge since Regulation E almost exclusively because of Ogre Pond. And I just think that's a really cool adaptation for Regulation E, as well as the Poison Terra type on Urshifu. A rapid strike it's i've seen a lot of poison on single strike but not so much on rapid strike so that's an interesting adaptation yeah i think this is like you trade hits and you have to use your terror the best and you have to you know get the most damage out of the team which you can do with chen pao urshifu and Dragonite, and it's probably just abusing as much physical damage as possible and just making sure that you stay alive longer than your opponent does yeah speaking of adaptations the, the the six seemed very familiar from something that Riley had been you had used before, and I was right. This is the same exact six from Peoria, where they finished seventh. However, they did change some a couple items and types on here, specifically the King Gambit and the Urshifu Rapid Strike. So in Peoria, they used Figgy Berry and Fairy Terra on King Gambit, as opposed to here, it's Dragon Terra and the Dread Plate. So giving you that Dragon Terra to be able to, as we mentioned with Komo-O, give blanket resistance to all of the Ogre Ponds, which is great. And also things just like, you know, electric and, and what have you. And then also going for more damage with the Dread Plate over the additional recovery with the figgy berry which i think is a good call because it allows those sucker punches and those kowtow cleaves just to hit a little bit harder and 
maybe you don't necessarily need the recovery because of that, but you're also getting the potentially the pollen puff support anyway. So it allows you to be a little bit more, not necessarily reckless, but do deal more damage without necessarily getting that figgy berry and relying on that. And then with the, the Urshifu, they had Steel Terra in Peoria, but then opting for Poison. So I think that change is significant to me. Is it? Because like if both of them, obviously, you're going to resist Fairy, right? But like Steel has some additional resistances and, you know, like some, some of the you know difference and changes there. Do you think Poison just works as a better overall defensive typing for an offensive attacker like Urshifu as opposed to Steel maybe more so as for like bulkier Pokemon? It's Iron Hands. It's like, that's what that's for. You've got... Oh, okay. Good call. Yeah, like a four times weakness on King Gambit. You've got normal Terra Dragonite and you've got Chen Pao. So if you basically bring those four mons and they have an iron hands you just need a way to switch into a drain punch and that's probably your best way gotcha that makes ton of sense but yeah i mean riley played very well obviously all the to get all the way there i like like you said jack i don't know if i can necessarily play this team because i'm not very good with balance but the uh the pressure that Urshi, Dragonite, and, and Chen Pao offer, plus King Gambit. I mean, I ran that core of King Gambit, Urshifu, Dragonite, and Chen Pao on my uh, <laughs> one of my meme teams from earlier in the year. And King Gambit and Chen Pao next to each other, just they hit so hard. Like, yeah, the I double used, sucker punch is cracked. Oh, yeah. man. But cool. And then, of course, you add in, like, Hearth Flame Ogre Pond, which we didn't even talk about, but it's just, it, that's just so much damage right there as well. It's just like you have these four massive, yeah, there's no special attack on this team. Usually that's something that we suggest people to like go away from, but no Flutter Main, so no special attack, no Heatran, also, no Chi Yu. What's also interesting is that there's not a single setup move on some Pokemon that would probably want setup. And I just think that is like very interesting, especially because it's all physical attackers. So. Yeah. No gimmick or like certain win conditions. You just need to play very smart. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, as we saw in finals, like Kamoa could just like, you know, absolutely set up in this team's face because as soon as they got a plus two, it wasn't like they were getting clear smogged or, you know, having something else set up to try and beat it. Like as soon as it got plus two, it stayed there. Yeah. And then that's and that's the thing. Sometimes it's like, as as you had mentioned before, Como is just really great in this very physical meta, and that's a perfect example of it because that entire team is physical. So it's like when you when you run into a brick wall that is Como, it becomes very difficult to break through. And unfortunately, Riley wasn't able to in that set. Any final thoughts on the final two teams before we look at things on the whole, guys? Nope. Very cool. cool. No, nope, great teams. Alrighty. So looking at everything on the whole, I'm going to let you kick us off then, Tim. Looking at Lab Mouse for some of the data that sort of like jumped out to you based on either usage or team comps, where do you want to start? Oh, there's a lot. Uh, we already touched on some of the, on uh, a lot of the details. So just going over these two teams, mm-hmm. I think Terra types is one of the biggest changes that we've seen from Regulation D, with the number one Terra type being Fire. Surprisingly, uh, for a long, long time, it has been Water and Grass uh, right at the top, and we have Fire in first with seventeen percent, Fairy in second with fifteen point six, which is probably predominantly Fluttermane. If we look, uh, yeah, 184 flutter mains were running terra, fi- uh, terra fairy, mm-hmm. and then finally uh, water in third, ghost next, and grass has sunk way, way down to one, two, three, four, five, sixth place, and that's probably mainly due to ogre pun and sinister giving competition to Amoongus for a grass type, so there's just not as much sleep powder also to worry you about. Can't switch into, like, you can't do anything into Fire Ogapon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's just good, because, you know, you're staring on a plus one. 
100 base power move. That's not going to go for it well for you. And, and what's interesting, too, is you look at these types and it's like you kind of see exactly what Pokemon is going to be on there with like, you know, Ghost. I mean, that's going to be either Chen Pao or uh, Iron Bundle. Flying, it's pretty obviously going to be Landorus. And like because of the fact that those Pokemon are so dominant in the meta, that's why those Terra types are there. But then you look at Fire Fairy and Water, and it's like, that could really kind of be anything, because those are three of the best defensive types. And it's like, Fire is often seen as an offensive type, but defensively, it's also very strong. And Fire Terra on Grass type, or something along those lines, and then Water and Fairy, obviously, just like super defensive all the way around. It is interesting to see why why the Terra type for Fire is increased. I have to imagine it's because of Hearth Flame. Right, being I, like, I imagine that's a significant portion of it. Being the fact that that was what one, two, three, four, five, sixth in usage is uh, at thirty percent, but it's kind of also like erased by the fact that Wellspring was also there too. So that means that Fire is being carried on a ton of other Pokemon, which is also very significant to know. I think. The main reason for that is Ogapon will be able to Oko stuff at plus one without, like, that's neutral. So you need a resistance, whereas Wellspring will not KO something at neutral. So I think that's the main reason that it's probably not as significant. I think that makes sense, yeah. But um, it's interesting to see as well that uh, the Ogapon, like, wellspring versus half flame there was only like two spots difference between the two so i think the battle of like which ogapon's better is gonna be on for a while and it's interesting too because it's like they do such very different things you know because it's like Mm -hmm. with the one you kind of want to terror it every time to get that attack boost but like with wellspring water grass is just a very good defensive type and it's able to you know follow me with water absorb is in, and, and a grass type also too is just insane. Some of the other Pokemon in the uh, top usage Iron Hands Landorus obviously Fluttermane, Tornadus those, that's like your, that's a very common group of four right there mm-hmm. to be able to build a team around and um, I think it really you know speaks to it what's interesting though is then you look at the team compositions like the most common ones and those four aren't all in the same row of like compositions because it's three of them and then an ogre pond. And it's like, that is, that's what's happening where people are like, okay, give me hands, give me Lando. Like I need those two. And then tornadoes, sure. Or flutter main, sure. Whatever. But I got to have an ogre pond. And do you think that's good for the meta or not? I think it's actually been kind of good for the meta. Because in Reg D, I feel like a lot of things were like say, like Chen Pao has fallen, and it's funny how like a grass type has done that. But I think having follow me to redirect Sucker Punch, and like generally, it doesn't feel like a broken Pokemon. It's a very very good Pokemon. Don't get me wrong, but it's not inherently broken. So it feels very healthy because you've got a Pokemon that can either be a good offensive attacker or a good support Pokemon. And it's nice to have something that can give you answers to what was previously very strong. I think a a good comparison is uh, looking at either last year or even Regulation D, just looking at the top eight teams last year's um not the world championship we just had but the uh, one prior for sword and shield where a lot of the top eight teams had a several of the same pokemon like almost like incineroar was on every almost if not every team and if you look at the top eight in this tournament, I don't believe any Pokemon appears more than four times. Yeah, that's a great it's point. Also, yeah, it's also nice, like, usage rates. Like, in Reg D, we were getting Fluttermane and, you know, that one tournament where Fluttermane, Urshifu, and Tornadoes were all at 70% usage. And so now having, like, Iron Hands the top at 57, it feels much more diverse and it feels like you can team build for the, like, 
have fun team building. Like you're not required to use Pokemon. And that's mainly because of the wide variety that Ogapon gives you. Yeah. And then also too, it's like, because of the fact that it does give you that, like it can be such a great glue Pokemon, depending on which Ogapon version you use, then you can have something like Rogov's team, which has, you know, features Alolan Ninetales and Baxcalibur. Because and then it has the Ogre Pond Wellspring to be able to help out a little bit with Follow Me and, and Horn Leech to be able to set that Aurora Veil and then also allow Baxcalibur to do things with its, you know, Swords Dance and, and Loaded Dice set and stuff like that. So it's like it is kind of cool that if you do that Ogrepon allows for it doesn't have to be necessarily offensive or one dimensional, it can be a support pokemon or, or a glue pokemon for a team and maybe that will allow for some additional creativity and then also it brings back you know gastrodon needs to come back in and like so it's i think that that, that is that is kind of neat because i do agree i think it is good for the meta because we talked about it before when you have two pokemon that are at 30 percent usage that's the same pokemon it forces you to have to pick one or not pick either of them or just like be aware of them. So it's like, it's centralizing, but not dominating, I guess. I think it's just, it's, it's yeah. Healthy centralizing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there's Brian Collins in seventh, which has none of those Pokemon. Yep, (laughs) exactly. And I want to shout him out first before we go further, because I don't know if you know why he wasn't allowed to use Glade. Do you know why? Bullshit is what it was. I do. Wait, really? Uh, I did not hear about that. I think it's funny. I saw it on Twitter and I, I did have to laugh because in day one, he posted at the end of day one, a photo of Armourouge and Glade. Um, and he said, oh, just got day two with Psyspam and the Gallade was named Armourouge. Oh no, Serilege, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. In yeah. quotation marks. Yeah. Um, and then Justin Tang commented, how did you get away with that nickname? And then he just said all skill. And then he got into top eight on stream and I saw he wasn't allowed to use it. And I was like, oh no, yep. that's a bit unfortunate. Oh. But <laughs> it's because he nicknamed it a Pokemon name, which it's like it's known you're not allowed to do that. He did have the quotation marks, but yeah, it's just like unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And the and the fun the, the funny thing is too, I think it was Justin Tang had done exactly that in a way, but did it in a cheeky fashion with one of his victories from the 2023 season, because it was like he had like on his team, he nicknamed all of his Pokemon the name of Pokemon that shared the same typing of the Pokemon that he had, but he did it with like the E would be a three or like the A would be a four, like doing that type of, uh, of like naming convention, like um, naming a Dragapult Giratina, but having like a bunch of fours in there to like to spell out Giratina. And uh, I don't know. I'm of the mindset that like we are beyond the gen four, issue i think i think it was gen 4 which is where that rule kind of came up that you can't nickname your a pokemon another pokemon's name because of targeting issues but like you can see everything now i i don't think that it's a, that it's an issue i think it's a i think it was bs that no, uh, i think it, i think it's caught. rough but he still got top eight with only five pokemon in day two and that's a massive achievement but agreed agreed mm-hmm. i uh, from facing it at a local, I think that Gallade is highly underrated on Psyspam. Yeah. Uh, it bodied me because I was using Como at this local a while ago. And all of a sudden, like, I couldn't set up in its face because it was crit with sci- the Psycho Cut and Sharpness mm-hmm. does so much damage. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. And his in particular, yeah, a- Clear Amulet, Sharpness with the Fire Terra. Psycho Cut, Sacred Sword, Trick Room, and Wide Guard. So it's great into Flutterfish. It's great into Heatran, which is nice. It gives you another Trick Room setter on top of already having Armor Rouge and Indie. So it's, and then Wide Guard is just, is always just going to be beneficial because that's, you know, good for like Goldengo and just like Dazzling Gleam and Eruption and, you know, all kinds of stuff that's out there. You just like you it don't really think about it. Bulk too. It does. Its special defense is massive, which is which is really great for it because it's like you know you just set it once and then like you can actually 
make sure that it's slow enough to be able to do some stuff. It's it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I usually run wide guard on my armor rouge, but being able to trade off uh, that for protect to give armor rouge a little bit more defense and giving that to Galate seems like a great option. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't think anyone likes playing against Psy spam, but this team is very cool for a Psy spam team. So <laughs> I'll give it to him. Yeah, uh, the rest of the team: Armorus, Torkoal, uh, Single Strike, Urshifu, Indidi, and Ursaluna. And the uh, Urshifu is a of the Choice Scarf variant with Wicked Blow, co- Close Combat, U Turn, and Choice Scarf Taunt, which I think we've seen before. So mm. uh, that's a uh, that's fun. Single strike a, is a fantastic option for size spam trick room teams. Very yeah. good. Very good. Yeah. I'm surprised to not see any uh sucker punch though. Because like I would kind of expect to see that in in trick room, but I guess close combat you turn have bad. This is also it. psychic terrain. Yeah, too. It's a psychic yeah. Terrain. Oh, I'm dumb. I'm just gonna edit that out. <laughs> no <laughs> shot. Nah, you have to keep it in now. <laughs> uh but uh but yeah. Speaking of the top eight, any of the other teams you guys wanted to mention? I think we got to talk about Weezing, right? It's not top eight. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It didn't make top eight, but there are some fantastic performances by Weezing this yeah. weekend. And, and it's not even, it's like, it's the, the Weezing and the Weezing effect I thought was so cool. Like when we first saw Alex bring it, was that, who, who, who had the Weezing? Alex Underhill me? had ninth with Weezing. Yeah, but then there was also. Who had Weezing? Was it Kyle Livinghouse had Weezing with Ability Shield Lando? Uh, uh, there yes. was a few people running the same team. Okay, so having <laughs> they were the, we were able to see on stream a King Gambit get intimidated, and I was yeah over, I was <laughs> beside myself because like I didn't think that that would ever happen. But being able to run Ability Shield on Landorus to be able to still have the Intimidate go off and then not have any of the effects of like Defiant or Competitive or Guard Dog if somebody's running an Okie Dogie go off as well. And but the Intimidate stuck was so cool. But then you also saw later in the stream when uh, Marcus Dion was running Ability Shield on Tatsugiri because yeah. those dozo players had to be like okay wheezing might come around this time so i gotta make sure that i'm not gonna have the tatsu and the dozo on the field at the same time so they started running ability shield tatsu tatsugiri so it's like that interaction and like that sort of like little meta was was very fun to, to see that all play out yeah that was really cool wheezing's yeah. legit too I mean, it is legit those couple matches on stream with Weezing and the ability shield Lando alongside with any Paradox Pokemon with Protosynthesis or Quarkshive that are immune to neutralizing gas. That was just textbook example of how to properly play Weezing. Yeah. Oh, I think what's also cool is like on Alex's team, like the thing that kind of got thrown around was with Weezing, obviously Protosynthesis still activates. So you've got Speed Boost, Roaring Moon, who can now click Tailwind, and it's the fastest Tailwind. But also they're building these Weezings to be just fast enough that it outspeeds Tornadus in Tailwind. So because it doesn't have Prankster, you can click Tailwind and taunt into Tornadus, and suddenly you have speed control and they can't get it up, which I just think is hilarious because yeah. that's what wow. Tornadus does. So That's incredible. So one thing that was happening on Showdown is when Weezing and Fire Ogre Pond were next to each other. Obviously, they wouldn't get the plus one on on the boost when they tear it. But then when the Weezing left, then they would get the plus one again. Or they, But then they, then they would get the plus one. Then if they sent the Weezing back out and then removed it again, they got another plus one. Is that... Was that happening on cart too? Do you guys yeah, know? it's that happens because it's the same as intimidate. If you okay. yeah. like bring an intimidator in, then switch wheezing in, and then switch wheezing back out again, it activates again. So it's right. basically like a reset of switching all the Pokemon in at the same time is what happens when you remove neutralizing gas. So right. yeah, so that's which cool. is it, it's very odd because that was. The same interaction, I believe, with Zacian, and then they nerfed yeah. Zacian's ability, so that shouldn't trigger anymore. But okay. they still kept it the same for Ogre Pond. 
Well, yeah, because it's the it's the new toy, so they gotta they'll they'll nerf it in Gen Ten. Well, it's also because it's nerfed now because it's only activates once. So because it's not an activate every time, like Sashin's abilities only activate first time. So it's like, yeah, it can't activate again, I guess. Some of the other stuff that I noticed that came out, Ninetales, Alolan kind of started to dot the, uh, the usage a little bit, which is kind of cool. Didn't necessarily show up in full force. I mean, 30 of them. But looking at that for for day two, I mean, there was quite a few nine tails in day two, right, Tim? Uh, yeah, there were. Um, let's see, we had top uh both the cutoff for day two. Uh, I think it was thirty-two. Okay, then we had four in uh day two. Okay, so four out of thirty-two, I feel like, is pretty significant for a Pokemon that only had. 7% usage for the entirety of the tournament. Uh, that's the same with Sinistra. I've just been looking. It had heaps of people using it, but it didn't have much conversion rate to day two. Yeah, Sinistra, I mean, like 51 appearances, uh, highest placing was 28. So it was like 12% usage, which is pretty significant. And it's like, it's a it's a very good Pokemon. It's way stronger than I, have, than I realize it is. It's like 125 special attack or something like that. But hospitality activating every single time it switches in, you'd think that you'd see that a little bit more in conversion rates for, you know, going further on like some of those trick room teams or something like that. But I think it definitely works. Uh, it has trick room and with swapping with hospitality as well as being the ghost typing. I think it's uh, it's number one teammate is Iron Hands and that is such a perfect pair that I think it goes really well into either trick room teams or semi trick room teams but there's just not a lot of those at the moment at the moment it's very balanced Mm -hmm. um speaking of trick room teams something that you know obviously performed extremely well in peoria and ursula blood moon uh we didn't really see too much highest highest places was 26 uh nine percent usage for the tournament i'm curious if that is just going to kind of be like something that just ebbs and flows as 2024 season sort of like goes forward because i don't know there's something to be said about the fact that like it needed you know self-proc weakness policy to deal that much damage that like when something needs that much support to get to plus two to be able to start taking ko's maybe there's something there like maybe it's not necessarily all the way there yet or that people figured it out even though Ground normal is is very good, and being able to hit ghost types with your normal attacks. That you're also going through substitute is very cool. Anything else you guys wanted to make mention of? I don't think Um, so. I think it was a nice spread of teams. I think it was very interesting for going forward, Um, and I really am liking playing reggae at the moment. Like, it's very fun. So, yeah. Same. I've uh, I've been working with Tyler... I'm using Mamoswine with yes. Tornadus, and that's been that's been a lot of fun. The the ground ice double stabs with the oblivious for anti-intimidate. It's it's great. I mean, ice shard one shots Lando. <laughs> it's like it's it it feels good. It feels really good when that happens. I did lose a match on Showdown. I was in Tailwind, and the one that I'm running is just a focus sash so it's like max max attack adamant and max speed and i didn't realize that tailwind mamoswine was slower than max speed booster energy iron moth and i don't think that that's ever going to come into play (laughs) ever again but when i tell you that I was so confident in clicking that horse that high horsepower only to watch it die to a fiery dance i was like the heck just happened <laughs> how are you so slow but you know, oh that's as, heartbreaking such as life <laughs> but cool then i guess we will wrap it up there so thank you guys so much for coming on i do really appreciate it for the people out there that may want to check you out jack you are doing some streaming now right yes i am I'm streaming twitch.tv slash pokephysio. 
the schedule's a bit iffy, but other than that, we're doing well. So cool. It's fun. Cool. Yeah, apart from just in your streams, you're always you're always whispering because it's like three a.m. there. <laughs> yeah, anytime I want to do a tour, it's like very late at night. So yeah. But you're killing it. So uh so good luck with that. Um and of course we're very, very excited to see what happens with Lab Mouse Tim. Uh but we'll do our goodbyes. So uh start with you, Tim. Yeah. Keep a lookout for the the Lab Mouse Twitter. It's it's been dead for the last few weeks, but there should be an announcement coming up uh, shortly after we make some uh, fine-tuned adjustments and just some refinements to make it as pleasant and as easy for everyone to use. Very cool. And Jay? Thank you very much. Uh, I will be working on a team that I've done very well with in a few tours recently, and hopefully you will see me at the top of the list at Brisbane Regionals. So, I'm yeah. sure we will. And uh, maybe Screamtail yep. Scream will be there too. Oh, I lost to Screamtail the other day on Showdown, and I felt, I was like, this is fitting. This feels sad. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's just that good. That's what it is. It is so good. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed Have a great rest of your day, your evening, or morning, wherever you are. Class dismissed.